day, my mom and dad prayed and miracles happened. And if it happened for them, it'll happen for me. I'm here to tell you that prayer has always worked. And prayer is working today. And prayer will work tomorrow. Prayer is a powerful thing. And so I say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's pray again. Let's believe again. Let's reach again. Let's trust God again. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Will you lift your hands right now? Lord, begin to prepare our hearts. God, as we move into prayer and fasting, God, I'm asking you to speak to us. I'm asking you to deal with us. I'm asking you to put something inside of us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. 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 Will you clap your hands to the Lord? I'm going to ask Sister T to come and start, and then after Sister T, Sister Billingsley, follow her. Sister Sheffield, follow Sister Billingsley, and then Sister Danae, if you'll follow Sister Sheffield. So just one right after another. Uh, We may get out of here early tonight, but we might not. I don't know. We'll judge it from Sister T, because Sister T can get long-winded. I may have to start playing on the keyboard every now and then or something like that. In the name of Jesus, God's doing great things. Are you ready to be lifted and and pointed in a direction of prayer today? Clap your hands to the Lord, Sister T, and these wonderful ladies come. Well, Pastor, I'm the first one. That's something. (laughs) So... Um, Pastor was calling, Pastor Jason was calling, yes, uh, let's ask, he said he was praying and fasting and he felt like this, tonight the direction should ask the ladies from the uh, P5. So I was just like, "Mm." (laughs) so okay, number one, I want you guys to know that I do not have an American accent. So you have to try to listen to me and pay attention. So I have an advantage, okay? Okay, so that's... <laughs> oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's clap our hands for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are so good to us tonight, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I have so many notes. I have like over 10 pages tonight. (laughs) Sister Marlon said, I don't think so. But I don't know if I can follow my thing. I might just follow the Holy Ghost, so I do not know. I might tell my 911 story. I don't know, but my husband will be really upset, so just kidding. Um, I just want to say um, I thank God for uh, Pastor Jason, Sister Holly, uh, Bishop, Sister Varnum. I thank God so much. You already know when I first came back from Thailand, that's when I realized that the covering upon you is so important. I can just say it's so important. I did not realize that until the last trip I just went and came back. It's so important to be under the covering and um, so, you know, and authority. It, it just like go by. The Lord Jesus is your first covering, your authority, and then, you know, as you go by. So I am so thankful for that. Um, we have came here 2007. We came to Seoul Harbor. We came. We were in trouble when we came here. And we just got married three years, you know, when we first moved here. And I am a very independent Asian person. You can already tell. And, you know, so number one, the Asian and American together, it just doesn't really work out that well if you don't pray. (laughs) So not to embarrass my husband, but I mean, thank God for him. You know, like, he's a good Bible teacher. 
He knows the word of God. And if I have a question, the word of God, I would confirm with him. And I would say, is this right? And so he may, you know, stay behind the scene, but he knows the word of God. So praise God for that. And so and I'm looking at the watch, the clock. So pastor, if I'm going too long, take microphone away from me. So anyway, just something happening. I believe this is, you know, our church have been prophesied to. We have visions. We have dream, personal dream, personal vision, so many things. And I really believe this is the end time revival. And thing is happening outside of the four walls. Finally, I mean like more and more things is happening. I'm not just saying that to make us all, you know, like feel good. No, it's actually happening. And then, you know, because we had been praying and fasting and pushed through. So you can feel that something inside of me is feeling and is telling me. And, you know, and we are stepping up. I really feel this year we have such a unified spirit. You know, I felt that. I talked to one of my friends. We take each other. And I said, it's so unified spirit. And we said, yet, there is something inside the body of Christ. Of course, you know, the Bible said the wheat and the tear growing together. So, however, I want everybody to look at me and see me and and look at it and say, like, don't say that I am rebuking you tonight. But when I was praying, and I could not get my head, get it off this subject, and um, um, my title tonight is said that how to go to the war and be successful, spiritual warfare. I only have a little bit of timing, but I just point it out. Now, since you are in this church, in this temple, when you walk into the temple, when you walk in the tabernacle, you should be expecting and looking for a great thing that will happening. When you walk in the south side, you should expect that you're going to go out to the north side. You do not come in the same way, go out the same way. You do not look at that person and say, what they are going to think of me. No, I am going to worship God. You do not say, because I am fat and I am embarrassed, so I do not want to be worshipped. I am Asian, so I said what I think, okay? So don't be offensive. Okay, so anyway, you need to have that kind of mindset to get the revival. You need to get that, okay? So do I. I'm tired too when I come to church. I know how it feels to work 24 hours to killing, to clean almost 30 houses last week. I am tired. But guess what? God, I am not mad at God. So when I come, I push, I push, I push, I push because I want to see my brother and sister safe. I wanted to see you deliverance. I want you to come out from your pain, from your heart, from your childhood, when you were abused by your parents, by whatever. You must, you must push in the name of Jesus. That's how the revival is going to go out. It's already started. But when you sit here, you need to be an example when the new person Come in here. They will feel that from you. If you are hurt, they're going to feel that. If you are angry, they're going to feel that from you. If you are offended, they're going to feel that from you. And you do not want that. You do not want that because their blood is going to be on your hand. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
one of some of the things. However, the book in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, it said that verse 11, you bring your petition, all your needs. It's not all your want. I would love to have millions of dollars. So I can give it to our missionary. I can make my own clothes. I don't need to spend hundreds of dollars to do that. But I would love to have lots of lots of money. But is that my need or my want? You live in America. You have so much. You think you don't, but you do. Seriously. When you go to the conference, will you be laying down and sleep on the concrete wall? A hundred degree. Please love me, okay? Don't be upset. So you got to get all your needs. Get it all out. And, and, and the Lord said, for my shoulder, it's light. You give all your burden. Put it on him. Put that there. Now, when you put your burden, when you put all your junk, when you put all your things, you leave it there. You leave it there. Don't look back. Do not go back. Do not look back. By the power of hallelujah, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you do not look back. That's number one. Number two, this one, I had felt so much. I'm just going to speak it, okay? It said, you ask for, you know, forgiveness. If we have done something, we felt like the Holy Ghost told us, do not do it, and we did it, asking God to forgive you. We must ask God to forgive you. That now, if you're hurt, let's say this section, Sister Varnum's section, because Sister Varnum is a strong will. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> this section might hurt this section. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. This section might hurt this section. Back might hurt the front, the middle side. Everywhere hurt, hurting each other. On top of that, from your past, when you was grow up, when I was little kid, I was adopted. My father was alcoholic. My mom died, and I got adopted. And my father was no good. My uncle every day rebuking me, cursed me, said, "You're going to be just like your father. You're going to be no good. You have no future." I got slapped on my face. You think it's that hurt or not? That hurt. And then you said, well, I was a bill. I was this. I was that. So do I. But when Jesus Christ, the Lord of Creator, He revealed Himself to me. I never heard the word love. We never loved. We never said, I love you from my parents. You never get a hug. You never, you do not get spoiled. When you're seven years old, you have to know how to fix your own food. Cherie would know. So, because I told her everything. So, anyway, when the Lord revealed himself to me, you know why? I know who's the only God, Savior. There's no other God that alive and living because I felt his love. He loved me. He blessed me. I didn't even have the Holy Ghost. I saw the Lord in the Spirit with his powerful love. That's how I can forgive. If somebody offended you, if somebody hurt you, your parents, your relative, your past, 
anything that hurts you. It's pain. It's hurt. It's like a knife. It's shoving in, shoving in. Ah! Run, 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 run. And I can't. They wrong me. They wrong me. They wrong me. They wrong me. What about you? Did you ever wrong anybody? So then when you get that pain, you get that hurt. So you are bound. You don't want to talk to nobody in this church. Your brother and sister, you don't want to because they wrong you. I was wrong. They wronged me. I'm offended. I'm hurt. I already had so much hurt from the past, from my childhood. Now I'm supposed to believe be my brother and sister. Baptized in Jesus' name. Receive the Holy Ghost. Have the same last name. But they hurt me. So then, because of that hurt, you are bound. You are bound. You couldn't even grab the sword. You grab, you can. You can, you can. Your hands are tied. Tied. You can't. So then when the new people come in, you cannot help them because your hands are tied. So then when you're ready to help other people, you must ask in God, the Bible said, asking him, Father, help me to forgive. You cannot just forgive because the Bible said the gift of repentance. You're asking God, help me to forgive. I cannot forgive. I hate them. No, I don't want to be like that. I want the blood of Jesus to cover me, covering my whole body. But if you don't forgive, if you do not forgive, or if you have some offenses in you, that's only a sprinkle of blood. The blood of Jesus only just a little sprinkling. So then if you go to Thailand with me, how are you going to cast out the devil? Because the devil will jump on you. All you have is the sprinkling of the blood. You must have go to the basin and have the whole blood of Jesus covering you. By the power in the name of the Lord, authority of the word, I set you free. Hallelujah. You can be the overcome by the power of your testimony tonight. In the name of Jesus. So harbor will not put up with this. This is the body of Christ. This is the end time revival. It's go all over the world. We are not going to be we are not going to be a survival. We will not. We're going to be the overcomer. Are you going to be the overcomer this section? Are you going to be? Are you going to be? Are you? Are you? Are you? In Jesus' name, yes, sir. So then when you get all the blood of Jesus Christ covering you, then you're ready to put on your home armor of God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You're going to have Ephesians 6, 13 to 18. You can go and read it. One, you're going to have that belt of truth. Two, you're going to have the blessed place of righteousness. Where will you get the righteousness? Only from him. Three, you're going to have the peace to repent that hurt, that pain, that things that you have. Four, you're going to have the shield of faith. And five, you're going to have the helmet of salvation. And then the last thing, you have the sword of the Spirit. That I am going to say that the sword of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Revival is here. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Will you take a minute? Stand to your feet. In the name of Jesus, let us lay down every weight, every 
his sin and let us pick up the armor of God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, let us pray until we take it on. Let us pray until we see the enemy defeated. Let us pray until we are able to forgive. Let us pray until it happens. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sister Billingsley, come in the name of Jesus. short so I'm gonna I'm gonna move this mic so you can see my face because I'm not as um gifted as T I don't think that I can handle the mic and talk and this is going to be more uh of an expository teaching and um short and sweet and hard to beat so just bear with me um anyway thank you guys for showing up tonight to church bless God so good to see everybody I want to thank Pastor Jason for asking me to talk about prayer. So I acknowledge collectively the leadership in this church and give honor to Pastor Jason and double honor to Bishop and Sister Barnum. To this end, we are all the body of this church, and we are a byproduct of the prayers of Brother and Sister Barnum. I just want you to say that. I know that I am. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight about prayer. Prayer changes your life. It really does. Just like any good and wonderful habit, the more you pray, the more you want to pray. I'm going to read scripture, Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That renewing of the Holy Ghost that is mentioned happens specifically when we pray through or speak in tongues. Okay? Besides receiving the Holy Ghost, cultivating a prayer life is powerful. As Brother Lee Stone King cites, it causes the angels to pause and take notice, and it's attractive to them. You may read your Bible, and that's a good source of correction and instruction. You may read many parenting books. And I have have read a ton of marriage books and relationship books because God knows that I needed that. But the most effective source or tool that you can, that can keep you grounded and on the straight and narrow is prayer. Prayer. Um, Prayer is the only thing that will bring true, intimate, and lasting relationship with the Lord. Why is that important? Why? Well, why can't I just pray before I go to bed? Or just pray before my meal? Or just pray on Sundays or or maybe just pray a little bit on Wednesday. Well, I can't answer that for you folks. I really can't, okay? Is it enough? I don't know. When you're facing a crisis, is that enough? When you're facing a difficult coworker, is your prayer before your meal enough? I don't know. That's, that's, that's for you to answer. Um, is your blessed food, O oh Lord, helping you get through to that coworker? I don't know. It's just a thought, right? The more time you spend in his presence the easier it becomes to have personal victory. And I have witnessed that. Just ask my husband. I'm not quite the nag I was 30 years ago, I promise you. Your prayer life changes as you grow in the Lord. When we're young, our prayers may focus on the here and now. But as you mature in age and in the Lord, you focus more outwardly. You focus more on his kingdom, his desires. God wants us to commune with him and to cultivate a close relationship with him through prayer. He longs to spend time with you, just like you want to spend time with your kids or your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. That's what God wants for you. Prayer is the way to build a relationship, okay? Prayer is the tool that can keep the relationship in your life constant, even, and growing, Constant in the ever-changing world, evenly grounded when all around you people are wishy-washy and just can't make up their mind, they're unstable, they're uncertain, they're one way, they're this, one day they're this way, another day they're that way, and you can never, you never know what you're going to walk into, okay? But prayer brings growth and keeps you grounded and is certain, okay? Sometimes it seems that people consider cultivating prayer life as difficult. 
Let me just say it's not, okay? The most difficult thing about having a prayer life, okay, write this down, you ready? Is setting aside time for prayer, okay? Setting aside time. Acts, consider Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Peter and John went up to the temple at what? At the hour of prayer. We've all heard it. Now, my hour of prayer can be different than your hour of prayer, and it probably is. I hope, I hope so. I don't know how many people get up at the crack of dawn. But anyway, um, I think when I think about the hour of prayer and Peter and John and all the apostles, I think they were very busy men. I really do. And I don't think, um, I mean, if, if anybody was busy, it could have been them. And they could have said, well, you know, I've got to go cast out this demon. Or, you know, I've got to go give communion to this person who's sick. Or, you know, they could have made all these, you know, excuses. But they went to the hour of prayer. They had a dedicated time where they said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go meet you. Okay? So that's, that's one of the most difficult things to do is just say, I'm going to do it this time. You know? Whether it's prayer or whether it's a disciplined habit, it's just setting, that side, setting aside that time. You know, I, we all have schedules. We have children, grandchildren. We have work. We have things to do. All of that. But it, it all flows so much easier when we begin our day or incorporate our day with prayer. Okay? To that end, let me just say that focused prayer and corporate prayer are effective tools to confront your enemy. Corporate prayer, that's us as a group, um, we pull together and specifically bombard heaven collectively. Okay? This is an awesome, awesome tool to really get answers to prayer. When I think about corporate prayer, I'm reminded about what happened with Brother Lee Stone King. When he had his heart attack, you know, just because of technology, how much, how many people were praying for that man? It was amazing. And then Brother, Brother Jeff Arnold, you know, he, that was a miracle there too. So corporate prayer is, is us praying together as a body, collectively, one mind, one accord, getting things done, Okay. Now, when we think about um, fo focused prayer, um, you can train your mind, just like an athlete trains his body, to have focused prayer. Okay? Um, this is where you just focus on one thing, and strongholds are broken. I remember one prayer conference I attended at a campground in Ocala. There was a speaker, and I, I wish I could remember his name, but I know what he looks like. And he says, he called everybody up front, and he said, everyone, everybody, to come up front here. I'm going to teach you something. I was like... Mm, I'm all about teaching and learning. Um, so he says, I want you to picture in your mind the thing that you want to have to happen. He goes, I want you to speak in tongues and see that in your mind. And he says, I want that visualization there because this is what you're battling. And he, he, he prayed and he had us all pray. And he says, this is what focused prayer is. When you can see that thing in your mind, you're praying in the spirit and you're warring in the spirit. That's focused prayer. And then you get that release. Okay? And ex another example of focused prayer I want to give you is when we, when we were praying for T's passport. Now, it might not have seemed like a big thing to you guys, but it was a big thing. So in my living room one day, <laughs> I took a mock blank piece of paper, and I anointed it with oil, and I folded it, and I put it in an envelope, and I put a stamp on it, and I wrote to the embassy in Washington, D.C., and I had prayer. And I started saying scriptures, and I started quoting, and in my mind, I just saw that document on a desk getting signed, and I just believed God. I just believed God. That's focused prayer. So I took that document to T, and I gave it to her, and I said, this is going to be for you to take with you, and when, when your, your passport comes, we'll just all shout the victory. And now you know the rest of the story. So maybe you're like me and began your prayer life very simply, and now you realize that there's much more to enjoy and learn about God. There are tons of great resources on how to pray, what to pray, on all of that. And, and you can do that, but the basic thing is just pray. pray. Just pray. Talk to God. He's listening. He's listening. He wants to talk to you. Um, he's waiting for you to share your day, your discouragements, your victories. Let me encourage you to set, your, set time each day for personal devotion and prayer. And just know the more you pray, the more you want to pray. Okay? So let's do that. Let's just pray. Thank you, Jesus. God, I love you tonight. I worship you and thank you for this time, Lord. Bless this congregation, God, with the spirit of prayer, God. Anoint them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you and I love you all.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Will you lift your hands and just do that right now? Just talk to the Lord. God, help us to get a spirit of prayer. Help us, God, to have focused prayer. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray this week, God, let some people just make up in their mind. They're going to set some time to, aside. They're going to be here. They're going to pray. We're going to focus together in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, get that in our spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sister Sheffield. I love Sister Sheffield. She was my teacher when I was a kid. She knew how to put me in my place then, too. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, church. Actually, when Brother Jason asked me, I said, in front of the whole church? Are you sure? <laughs> um, at the ladies' thing that we did, I spoke on discerning of the spirits, but Brother Jason asked me to speak on prayer also, but pushing through things and so that is what I'm going to be speaking on and I'm going to be talking about several people in first Samuel 1 and 13 the desires of Hannah's heart was to have a child she was willing to go to great lengths even beyond human capabilities she could not speak she could only only her lips moved even to the point that she was accused of being drunk and slapped but God saw her heart and her desires, granting her quest. I have been here. I know. I could not have children. I was diagnosed at 19 of not having children. We adopted Brandon. It was a miracle. Six weeks later, we had Brandon, and he has been a blessing ever since. Just, I think it was six weeks later, or eight Six months later, I got pregnant. <laughs> and I was paranoid because I had a new baby and I did not want another new baby. <laughs> but the, my symptoms, I went back again to uh, the symptoms I had before and they said it was a, just a freak thing. I would never get pregnant again. Lo and behold, four and a half years, I got pregnant again. And he gave me Jeffrey. Yeah. And it's not, li it's not easy living with four Sheffield men. But I have survived them. <laughs> Daniel 6, 19 and 21. Daniel prayed daily, three times a day. He loved God more than the world or man. He, st he stand against a king and a country and the laws for God. He stood for God no matter what. Whatever the cost, he was willing to stand. He was thrown into a lion of dens, and God shut their mouths. He stood for God. He did not care what people thought of him. God was greater in his life because of prayer. Because of this, he calls a king to believe in God. We do not realize the power of our prayers. We do not. If we would just push, sometimes we stop too soon when we get to the throne room of God. And we need to linger and we need to push a little harder. Sister Angel, how are you feeling today, baby? You do that. You push that with that passion. You've got to have a passion when you pray. You have got to have a passion to touch the throne room of God. Matthew 9 and 20, the woman with the issue of blood said, I, if I could only touch the hem of his garment. She had to squeeze, push, shove to get past the crowd to get to Jesus. Whatever it took to get to Jesus, she was determined to touch him. She was determined to get something from him. Whatever the cost, she was determined. She had a passion to get to him. Where is your passion? Where is your passion to touch God? Where is your passion to touch the throne room of God? We've got to have a passion. Without a passion, you are not going to be effective. You have got to believe in God and the things of God. James 5 and 16, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I looked up a fervent. And it is producing a desire 
or intent result. Fervent is a passion showing a great emotion, extremely hot, blow, uh, burning or glowing. When was the t- last time that you prayed that you were burning, that you had that passion? You have got to get a passion. You can, you've got to get a passion to touch the throne room. Only you can touch God for yourself and for your family. You can touch your community. You can't tell me that you can. I have. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference. You know, it just makes a difference. You know, Ron, Ronnie, um, I don't think you'll mind me saying this. He was at a church for 15 years. And during that time, all three of our sons backslid. And he has come back to church, and God is dealing with our children. But now I have three sons, three daughter-in-laws, and five grandchildren. I don't have time to play. It is not the time to play. It is the time to get a hold of the horns of the altar and pray. We have a lost soul. We have a lost world to reach. We have got to reach them. Uh. Let's pray for a few minutes. God, I love you, Lord, and I praise you, Jesus. For God, you are so good and so great. For God, let us have a passion. Let us have a passion for you, God. Let us have a passion for the things of you. In Jesus' name. God tells us how to pray, to always pray and not faint, to cry day and night, to pray without stopping, to pray without ceasing, never to worry. He will provide. God tells us to pray continuously. The word, is of, the, the word of God is full of accounts describing the power of prayer in various situations. The power of prayer has overcome enemies, conquered death, brought healing, defeated demons. God, through prayer, has opened eyes, changed hearts, healed wounds, healed the lame, grants wisdom. It can move mountains, and it can bring down strongholds and save your family. The power of prayer is never to be underestimated because it draws on the glory and the mighty of the endless power of God. We have just got to do the Lord's will. We have got to reach the lost. You know, we can't, we just can't. You know, and when Brother Jason asked me, I'm like, ooh, you know, I'm just not a, a very good, I don't think I'm very good at this. I get nervous. <laughs> but we have got to learn to get beyond ourselves because it's not about us anymore. It is about our lost loved ones. It's about the church. It's about reaching people. We have got to reach one another in our families. Will you stand to your feet right now and give the Lord a praise? Give the Lord those needs that are on your heart. Ask the Lord to stir up the gift that is in you. Spring up, oh well, spring up, oh well, spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well, spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well, spring up, oh well. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. you can be seated. I am almost 42 years old. That, might, that means I've been in this church for 42 years. That means that I've seen Sister Sheffield pray when she wasn't moaning. I've seen her pray when she was just gazing because she had other things on her mind. That means I've seen Sister Naomi when she wasn't all that powerful in the prayer room. It means I've seen Pastor when he wasn't all that powerful. The power of prayer is in consistency. The power of prayer does not necessarily bring a passion every time you pray. 
The power in prayer is in your consistency. Cornelius wasn't even Pentecostal. Cornelius hadn't even spoken in tongues, but he had built a memorial because he was consistent in his prayer life. Now, you may feel small and insignificant because you don't have a strong voice like Danae. You may feel small and insignificant because you don't know how to pray for an hour. You barely get through 10 minutes. But if you will just do that consistently, God will see your memorial and he will hear your prayer. I have been blessed to be in this church and hear Leonard and Lucille Burroughs pray. I have been blessed to hear Mike and Carol Wicker call on the name of the Lord when they wanted a child. I have been blessed to hear Ronnie and Kathy Sheffield pray. And now I am hearing Madison pray and Spencer pray. And I am hearing uh, uh, these girls bring their knees before God. And I'm telling you, the power of prayer is not in how perfect you have lived. It is in just doing it. Just do it. Just call on Almighty God to step in on your behalf. Just call on the blood of Jesus to be at work in your situation. The greatest gift God has ever given me was the gift of loneliness. The greatest gift God has given me was that loneliness that you feel in the midnight hour when nobody else is available to take care of you but almighty God and when you begin to call on the Lord when you have nothing else to call on God can do what no man can do the effectual the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much don't face a fiery trial without fiery prayer i don't know why it is that the more fiery the trial is the less we want to pray the more we want to back in a corner the more we want to entertain ourselves with things of this world but the more intense your trial is the more lonely you are the more pained you are and the more hopeless your situation feels is the more fiery your prayer should be. Life is complex. Life is complex. When I was a little girl, it was wonderful. Me and Dee and Susie, we would enjoy our baby dolls. Our parents would be downstairs eating and talking and who knows what they were doing solving the world's problems. But me and Dee and Susie, we each had our own horse farms. And we all had horses. We fought over which one was going to get to name their horse princess. And life was just beautiful when we were eight and nine and ten. But life is actually very complex. You've got school. You've got education. You've got family. You've got finances. And in the midst of all that, somebody gets sick, and then a friend starts having trouble, and so then you're concerned about your friend. Life is full of complexities. But we have a God that sees all of those situations. Some things require common sense to work out. There are some people who want everything to be 100% by spirits and angels and demons, and they just, it's, you just need to pay your bills. But Jesus let us know that some of these complexities will not be worked out except through prayer and fasting. They just will not. That situation in your family will not work out if you just keep doing the same thing you've always done. You must fast and you must pray so that the Spirit of God can move into that situation. Fasting and prayer. Isaiah 58, verse 8, lets us know that fasting will bring your healing speedily. Fasting will bring healing speedily. Fasting will cause you to be led by righteousness when you tend to be led by carnality. Fasting brings the glory of the Lord into your home to protect you. 
58.7, fasting opens our eyes to see what God sees. When we've not been fasting, we get in a situation where it's real easy to pass by homeless people. It's real easy to ignore the needs of brothers and sisters in the church. But when you've begun fasting, you become sensitive. And you are suddenly very aware of people's heartaches and people's troubles and the things people are going through. Because when you begin to fast, you begin to see through God's eyes. You begin to see what God can see. And when you begin to see what God can see, you can see how God will work out that situation. Fasting is an important element to add to our prayer. Fasting will loose the bands of the wicked. We deal with so many situations in our families and in our neighborhoods. We need to start fasting with our prayer. Fasting will undo heavy burdens. Fasting will let the oppressed go free. Fasting will break every yoke. I don't know what all situations you are dealing with. I know that they're difficult. I know that you've tried and tried, and then you've tried this other element, and then you tried that other element. And you've tried and tried and tried. But something will not be moved except by prayer and fasting. And I want Souls Harbor to understand that you as an individual in your house with your bills, with your piles of laundry, with your to-do list and your schedules that you don't know how to handle, you are no less important than Abraham. You are no less impacting than Esther. You are no less powerful than Joshua or Caleb because God is no respecter of persons. All God needs is for somebody to stand up and step into the hedge and say, I am here, Lord, to meet this situation. Let's stand together. God is looking for men and women who will have the tenacity to continue knock on the door for answers. Don't stagger at the promises of God. Don't stagger at those dreams. Don't stagger at how big Jericho looks. Don't stagger. Don't stagger at the promises of God. And don't stop knocking on the door in prayer. Don't stop praying for your family. Don't stop praying for your coworkers. Don't give up on those situations. Consistency will do what you cannot do. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You can remain standing. I've, I've told this at least once, maybe twice. I preached the message once called... Uh, the secret recipe is out. And I talked about my mama's fudge. I got permission to give the secret recipe. The secret recipe. Mom, everyone asked, where, 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 where do you learn to do that? It's the recipe that's on the back of every marshmallow jar you buy in the store. It was on the back of everyone. But what she said she learned from her mother is there's two things that people did wrong. They didn't just keep stirring, and they took it off too soon. There are congressmen that will move heaven and earth for my mama to get a piece of fudge. Congressman Cliff Stearns have done it. There are people all over this county that gets mama's fudge every year. How do you do it? It's simple. It's the same thing that you know to do. You just got to keep doing it. Keep stirring it and keep it on the hot pot. Keep stirring it and just keep it right there. 
Let me tell you, we know how to have the revival that God is trying to give us. We know how to have the breakthrough that we're looking for. What we've got to do is make sure we don't stop stirring and we don't take it off the heat too soon. I'm telling you, this week could be one of the greatest weeks of your life. What you've got to do is decide, I'm not just going to leave it for a moment. I'm going to keep it on the fire and I'm going to keep on stirring it. You have the recipe. You know what to do to see revival. You know what to do to get your miracle. Just keep it on the fire and just keep on stirring. Will you go ahead and lift your hands and let your voice out in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray over this church right now. God, this is a powerful church, an anointed church. They've got the recipe for success. Help them to keep doing it. Help them to keep praying. Help them to keep fasting. Don't let them be weary and well-doing, for they shall reap if they faint not. Will you begin to pray until you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now? Will you begin to pray until the Spirit begins to flow through you right now? In the name of the Lord Jesus, God, transition us. God, not into something new, but into an attitude that will remain. God, transition us into a spirit of being steadfast and unmovable in what we know to do. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Let me tell you, you plan on joining with people fasting. There's something powerful about united prayer and fasting. This week, tomorrow, some people are going to be fasting Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Some is just going to pick one day. Some that have medical issues are going to do what they can. But in some way, somehow, stretch yourself. Put yourself on the fire and leave it there a little while. Keep stirring it a little while. I must say, mom does have one other secret. She gets her walnuts from California. And that's the secret of the other secret. I don't know how to put that into a sermon or anything or a point. I just thought I'd throw it in there so mom would tell me later, don't forget about those walnuts. When we go into this week, let's go with focus. Let's go with determination. I, I believe what we are doing is so vital, but we have been doing it now for a year, uh, two years now. Two years of every, every month taking three days, 24 hours of prayer. Don't decide, well, I know that recipe. That just ain't, that, that one don't work. Just work it. It'll work if you just work it. It'll work if you just keep it there and just keep on stirring. I'm telling you, it's going to happen in the name of the Lord Jesus. You feel good in the Holy Ghost? Let's thank God for these wonderful ladies of, of God that ministered here today. So thankful for praying women and men. I could have had a number of men up here up here as well, but I just felt to do this tonight. So thank